This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Today I'm talking about what it means to be the default parent and the struggles that come with that. To be honest, being the default parent is not something that I noticed in myself until we were in quarantine. That's not to say that I wasn't the default parent before quarantine, but I didn't feel like the default parent and I didn't have maybe the negative... um, experiences or feelings that come with being the default parent because Milo was in daycare and I had my days to myself to get my own things done. So once quarantine started and I was home with Milo and my husband continued his regular work day and schedule because he's a physician, that's when things really started to irritate me. And I started to really reflect on why am I so moody on the weekends? Why am I so irritated when my husband comes back from work? Uh, Why am I so pissed off when my husband's outside cutting the grass? You know, like my husband was doing helpful things around the house and I was still irritated. And then I started to piece together why I felt that way. And then once I kind of figured it out, I was able to have a conversation with my husband about it. And then we were able to make changes to alleviate the stressors that come with being the default parent. And I now cut the grass because um, I wanted to cut the fucking grass. And that's what I figured out during quarantine. Before I get into this more, I just wanted to explain what the default parent is. Now, I'm sure many of you are going to hear my description of this and you're going to say, oh my God, that's so me. The most basic way I can explain what a default parent is, is by saying they are the ones that feel like they need to announce when they're going to be leaving the room so that the other parent knows they won't be watching the child or the children. During quarantine, I started to notice that I always had to announce like, oh, I'm just going to go check the clothes in the dryer to make sure they're dry. Oh, I'm just going to go to the washroom. Oh, I'm just going to run upstairs and grab my laptop. And it was like my husband never had to say when he was going to go do something. He would just get up and go do it. And I was like, well, this is peculiar. Why do I always have to announce when I'm going to be leaving the room and he doesn't? And it's because I'm the default parent. And one thing I want to point out really early on in this episode is that it's nobody's fault, at least in my situation. It's it's not my fault and it's not my husband's fault 
that I'm the default parent. That is just kind of how our family dynamic has evolved. And to be honest, I'm sure a lot of it is on me in that I'm putting more responsibility on myself than I actually have to. Like if I just got up and left the room, my husband would probably naturally just notice that and watch Milo. But for some reason, I need to make sure that he knows that I'm leaving so that he puts his full attention on Milo. And of course, every time I say, I'm just going to go upstairs, like, make sure you're watching Milo. He's like, okay, yeah, we're fine. Like, go do what you got to do. But in my mind, my mom guilt, mom anxiety riddled mind, I'm like, what if I don't say anything and he doesn't watch Milo and something happens to Milo, then it's my fault because I didn't make sure that he was watching Milo. It's crazy. It's literally like when my husband's making Milo's dinner or, you know, getting his bath ready or something very simple that we do day in and day out. And I feel the need to comment on what he's doing and say, like, make sure it's a small piece. Make sure you peel the apple before you give it to him. And it's like he knows, like he knows and he's going to do that. But I constantly feel the need just to make sure that he's going to do it the right way or my way. And that's another part of being the default parent. My husband never makes comments like that to me when I'm doing things. And it's like, wow, it must be so lovely to not have these nagging thoughts in your mind that are constantly telling you like, oh, make sure this person is going to do it this way. Make sure you explain where you're going and how long you're going to be gone so that they know and make sure they know to watch Milo because you're leaving and it's exhausting. Being the default parent is exhausting and it comes with not only physical responsibilities, but mental responsibilities. So during quarantine, I was feeling irritated when my husband would get home from work or on weekends and I had no idea why I was feeling that way. It's like I was grumpy and I was irritated. And I remember explaining it to my husband before I had figured out why I was feeling this way. And something I said to him was, I feel like I'm the one that is always watching over Milo and interacting with him constantly while you do stuff around the house. And even though it's helpful things that he's doing around the house, like doing the dishes, taking the garbage out, whatever it was, it was still making me super irritated. And of course, from my husband's perspective, he's thinking that he's doing something good, right? Like he gets up on Saturday morning and he's not just sitting around doing nothing. He's cutting the grass. He's taking the garbage out. He's, you know, vacuuming, whatever he's doing. But at the same time, I'm sitting there feeling like I'm handcuffed. And if at any point in time I wanted to go do something, I would have to find my husband and make sure that he knew that I was going to go do whatever task and that he needed to watch Milo. And it was annoying. And I remember explaining to my husband, I know that you're being super helpful and you're doing things that need to be done around the house. But sometimes I wish on Saturday morning, you would just sit and have your coffee 
and let me go do stuff and you watch over Milo or play with Milo, take him for a walk, whatever. And this was super annoying during quarantine because I was home alone with Milo all week, not not even like being able to go to play dates or take him to the park or visit my friend. Like, no, we were stuck in the house all week and my husband had his typical work day. And so for me, the exciting part of the day or the part that would kind of change things up a little bit would be when my husband came home from work or the weekends. So all day I was waiting for my husband to get home. I was waiting for the weekend and I had these huge expectations built up around what would happen when my husband got home or what we would do on the weekend that would be so different from during the week. And when he would come home from work or it was the weekend and nothing really changed, I would get insanely irritated. So part of navigating this whole default parent thing was also taming my expectations of what was going to happen just because my husband came home from work or because it was the weekend, especially in quarantine because everything was closed. I couldn't, you know, go do a yoga class, go shopping. It was the same as during the week. It's just my husband was home now. So that's a lot of freaking pressure on my husband to be home from work and change my life somehow drastically. I wanted to read this paragraph that I wrote in my blog about being the default parent and I wrote this during quarantine. I'm sure a lot of people will relate to it even outside of quarantine. So I said, on weekends before I could finish my coffee, my husband would be up washing dishes, starting laundry, and bebopping around the house, which on paper looks great. Don't get me wrong. I love that my husband does these things, but I want to bebop around the house. I've been hovering over Milo all week, making animal sounds 900 times a day, sitting on the floor, watching his every move so he doesn't jump off the couch head first, Quarantine life has made doing solo chores a luxury. And no, I don't want to do the dishes at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I also don't want my husband doing the dishes at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning because that means I can't just relax and have my coffee on Saturday morning. The dishes can wait. And I remember when I first had this conversation with my husband, he was obviously like, So you don't want me to do the dishes or take out the garbage? And it was like, no, it's not that I don't want you to do those things or you can't do those things. But if you're doing those things early Sunday morning or early Saturday morning, that means that I can't just enjoy my weekend morning because now I'm the only one around to watch Milo, which I've been doing all week and I just want some time to have a coffee. So it did take me some time to try and work through, Renee, why are you so pissed off that your husband is washing the dishes right now? And that is why. On weekends, I felt like he was being productive, doing stuff that he wanted to get done around the house. And then I was watching Milo doing the same thing I had done all week and having to make a point to announce when I had to go do something or I wanted to go do something. Even if it was like, oh, I'm just going to go pee. I'll be right back. So what started to happen was when my husband would say, 
okay, I'm going to go cut the grass, I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to go cut the grass. Now, did I really want to physically go and cut the grass? No. Did I want to get out of the house, be in the sunshine, listen to a podcast, and walk around the yard for a little bit? Yes. And it seems really silly, but something as simple as, you know, asking your partner, do you want to sit and play with Milo for a little bit? I'm going to go do the laundry. I'm going to cut the grass or I'm going to go for a walk, whatever it is. You need to just speak up and tell them how you're feeling and what might make you feel better. And you might find that it's actually not a big deal and you can make these small changes to how your family functions and it'll make a huge difference in how you feel. However, what I discovered is that me doing tasks around the house or, you know, having these conversations with my husband, while it helped a lot, there is another layer to being the default parent, for me anyways. What I find is that I can do something productive around the house or outside of the house, run errands, uh, go to the grocery store, whatever it may be, and I feel fine about it. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume 
consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner... I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. If I try and do something inside the house where my husband and Milo are, let's say even if I'm in another room, in my office, in my closet, recording a podcast, I find it very difficult to focus on what I'm doing and not have a nagging sense of mom guilt that I should be with my husband and Milo. And I remember on the mom guilt episode, I think it's episode 10, when I talked with Gwenna, she had a similar experience. She found that if she tried to do anything, you know, have some alone time in the house when her husband was home with the kids, she would also experience this guilt feeling and it's hard to focus and just relax and do your own thing. And this was a huge problem in quarantine because we couldn't fucking go anywhere. So, you know, it would be the weekend and my husband would be like, okay, you need to have some alone time, like get out of the house, go do something. And other than going for a walk, it was like, what the hell am I going to do? And to be honest, even though we're not in quarantine anymore, it's still not super enjoyable to go shopping, just go browse HomeSense. It's not the same uh, as it was prior to COVID, although it is getting way better and hopefully it just continues to get better and we're back to normal soon. But yeah, during quarantine, that was a problem because it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go have a nice hot bath and relax. No, mom guilt does not like that. And it's super annoying. Why can't I just go snuggle in my bed by myself and read a book while my husband and Milo play downstairs? 
Why can't I? So that is something that I still struggle with and have not found a solution for, but I will keep you posted if I figure that shit out. It's similar to evenings where my husband says, I'll do bath time and bedtime. You just like sit downstairs and relax. And I cannot. I'm like, nope, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to come. Don't worry. And it's like, why, Renee? Sit down and fucking watch a show or something. But I have a hard time doing that. And the only thing I can think of is mom guilt. Like for some reason, I have to go and be involved and I can't just let my husband do something alone. And oh my God, this is another thing. It is partner guilt. There's two different kinds of partner guilt. And one is when my husband does something that would cause me guilt but he has zero guilt. And so he's able to just do it freely without any care in the world. And I look at him and I'm like, oh, how are you doing that without feeling shitty? And it's like I'm jealous of my husband for being able to do certain things without feeling guilty about it. So that's really fucked up. But anyways, that's one part of partner guilt. But another part of partner guilt for me is that I feel guilty or I feel bad when my husband is going to do something alone with Milo. And it's honestly because I know that it's difficult. It is fucking difficult to take care of a toddler, even a toddler that has good behavior and a good temperament. I'm not sure if that exists, but I mean, just a typical toddler is hard to take care of. Bath time can be an insane struggle. Dinner time can be an insane struggle. So I feel guilty if I'm going to go for a walk, go read a book, go do something for myself and leave my husband to take care of Milo. Even though like, yes, it is his child as well. I get that. But I know that it's difficult. So I feel bad leaving him to do something on his own when I could easily help. And my husband is the first one to say, why don't you get out of the house, go for a drive, listen to a podcast? Why don't you go to chapters, look at books? Why don't you, you know, stay downstairs? I'm going to do bed and bath time. And it's like, why can't I do those things, but also do them without feeling guilty or feeling bad that my husband's doing it alone. These are strange emotions to work through. And I was just talking to my friend last night. She's a psychologist and we were talking about mom guilt and she was saying she works with a lot of moms in her practice and she was saying mom guilt is a huge problem. And, you know, why does it happen? Like, what is the function of that emotion? And they're literally like I told her, I don't think there is a function. It's literally just to make you feel bad and it doesn't change future behavior. It just keeps happening. And it sucks because I think it prevents a lot of moms from enjoying alone time, enjoying a weekend away with their friends, enjoying even a goddamn hour just to read a book by themselves. I feel like all these things are tied into being the default parent. To be honest, I just went on a little bit of a rampage. Uh, I'm going to have to listen back to this episode and see if it even makes sense. Uh, Is this coherent? I'm not sure. But 
these are all my thoughts and feelings about this topic and I love this topic so much. Um, So next I'm going to get into reading some of your experiences. I had put out a Instagram story and I asked you guys to tell me about your experience with regard to being or maybe not being the default parent. So I'll get into those now. Okay, so somebody said that their boyfriend recently figured out what it meant to be the default parent. So she was in the hospital for a kidney infection for three days and two nights, and he had their two-and-a-half-year-old and and six-month-old for 24 hours a day on his own. And she mentioned that this experience for him allowed him to see how many little things she does throughout the day and not even just physical things, but also mentally how many things you have to think about constantly. She says that she feels like she made herself the default parent because naturally she stays home and he's at work and so she automatically gets up as soon as her kids get up. She just gets supper ready and she always announces when she's going to shower or leave the room in general. Um, She said that it's a learning curve and that if she doesn't want to be the default parent all the time, she'll have to learn how to let go of some control, which isn't easy. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how it's no one's fault in particular. It's just kind of how the family dynamic has evolved. And when you have certain routines, everybody just kind of falls into their routine and, you know, day in and day out, the same kind of thing just plays out. So if you find yourself getting irritated, being annoyed over certain situations, you need to figure out what situation what specifically about the situation is annoying you and then make little changes, talk to your partner to try and solve the issue or at least take steps to make it better. And sometimes the steps that you have to take are not going to be super comfortable. Like, you know, giving up that control is probably a huge issue for many default parents. It's like raging cognitive dissonance because you don't want to be the default parent, but then you can't not be the default parent because it's difficult to let somebody else do everything. And I honestly think it takes work to become comfortable letting go of control. So maybe you have to take baby steps in letting your partner um, do certain things with without you being around or without you dictating what's going on. But I think the more and more you do it, the more you realize that other people are fully capable of taking care of your child and taking care of them well. And it's okay for you to go and do things on your own, have alone time, uh, and not constantly feeling like you need to be involved. Because you could be having a day at the freaking spa and if you're constantly worrying or feeling guilty that you're not home with your baby, then, you know, you're wasting your money at the spa, basically. And going to the spa is an example where you're leaving the house and actually doing something specifically for yourself. But remember, being the default parent is more than just that. It's also how you feel and the mental load that you're carrying even when you're in the house with your child and your partner. So even those little things can be worked on every day. 
But of course, before you start to work on these things, you know, I don't recommend you just get up and leave for an hour. I think you have to have a conversation with your partner about how you're feeling. And then from there, you guys can make a plan together. And at least your partner now knows how you're feeling and can be more responsive in certain situations or acknowledge certain situations. I know for us, Now it's just a known thing that I'm annoyed sometimes when my husband's doing the dishes or, you know, I'm annoyed if he wants to go wash the cars outside or cut the grass. And it's not a strange thing for me to bring it up anymore because we have talked about why I feel that way. And so now it makes sense to him. And maybe the day that he wants to wash the cars, we'll kind of rearrange our plan for the day and we'll go for a family walk. And then maybe I'll go take a shower and get ready. And then he'll wash the cars after Milo goes down for his nap. It's like you need to bring it up before things can start to change. But I understand that it's difficult to bring up sometimes. So I'm hoping, you know, you listen to these podcasts and then it kind of encourages you to have these conversations. Or maybe you just send this episode to your husband or your partner and take it from there. It'll be like a subtle hint, except it's not subtle. It's an entire podcast about how you feel like the default parent and how they can make changes to help you. Okay, moving on to another message that I received. Somebody else said that she went for about two years with feeling like everything was on her. She finally had a breaking point and asked her husband to talk about it. And she explained to him that he had his responsibilities that he takes care of, which are 90% just about him. And she was responsible for all of her things, 10% of his things, and then everything that comes with their two-year-old son. So it's like she took on the responsibilities of herself, a little bit of her husband's responsibilities, whether that be making dinner, um, you know, helping with stuff around the house, whatever. And then she had 100% of the responsibilities with her son. And this is not to say that he was, this is me talking, not her message anymore, but this is not to say that, you know, this father was not involved in their child's life. That's not the point. This is talking about kind of like the mental load of being the default parent. So in her situation, after that conversation, they were able to come to an understanding that, you know, they both only have 24 hours in a day and that it was unfair for her to have all her responsibilities plus all of her son's responsibilities. Um, So that's great that they talked about it. But I want to go back to the point about the mental load. Because imagine if you set up a camera in a family's house and it appears that both partners are doing the same amount of things. The person who is the default parent, like if we could break open their brains and see what each person is thinking about, stressing about, worrying about, you know, trying to plan for the next day, etc., The default parent, their brain is going to be on the verge of exploding. So it's not just about what the parents are 
physically doing for the children? You know, are they giving them their bath, putting them to bed? Although that is a huge part of it as well. There's also the mental load. And I hate when I explain things like this to people and they're like, well, just stop stressing about it. And it's like, no, that's not an option. Like somebody has to think about this shit or else the family will fall apart. So what kinds of things are default parents usually thinking about that are just piling up in their brains? And this is on top of the feeling like you're constantly the one watching the child, like you can't leave the room without announcing it first. Like this is on top of all that stuff. This is the mental part. Doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, planning birthday parties, sending out invitations for said birthday parties, planning weekend events like going to a farm, going to an aquarium, whatever it may be. Packing the diaper bag, packing the bag to go to the beach, making sure we have all the things in the house that we need to properly pack the diaper bag and the beach bag. Packing for any kind of trip. Bubbles. Sorry, my dog was passionate about that one. And Milo is only in daycare right now, but I can't imagine the added stuff that comes with going to school and homework and assignments and that kind of stuff. Bake sales and parent-teacher meetings and oh my god, it must be crazy. Freaking, he's not even doing, you know, um, extracurricular activities yet. Soccer practice, whatever he ends up doing. Painting, I don't know. Something that many default parents probably think a lot about is food in the house, you know, meal planning, uh, planning lunches. I was just talking to one of my friends the other day who has a young son in school, like elementary school, and she was saying making lunches is like the bane of her existence. She hates it. And I can imagine because I can't even put together a snack. I hate food prep of any kind. So not looking forward to that. Those are bigger things that we just tend to think about constantly, but there's also things that are very child related that I stress about a lot that I don't think my husband stresses about at all, which is things like, you know, what kind of nutrition is Milo getting? Is he brushing his teeth morning and night? I really stress over the teeth brushing thing. How much screen time has he had? I think about how much we go outside on the weekends because I don't want him to be cooped up in the house all day. I think about him having certain experiences like, oh, we should go to a farm so he can like pet animals and feed donkeys and shit. Like I think about this kind of stuff. When was the last time I washed all his bedding and changed his crib sheet? I should probably organize the toys in his playroom because maybe he's getting bored with the ones that have been out for a couple weeks now. I should probably Lysol down some of his toys because I haven't cleaned them in a while. In the back of my mind, thinking about how long he napped and how much sleep he got the night before just to make sure he's meeting his sleep requirements. And there's the whole speech thing, you know, he's behind in the number of words that he was saying and right now we're trying to get him to say two word phrases. Like, I could go on and on, but these are things that are just never-ending thoughts on top of all the other stuff. I'll end with this last message from someone that I loved. So she says that breastfeeding especially enforces the default parent status for moms, which made me resent my choice to breastfeed for a long time. Once you start down the path of default parenting, it spirals out of control. 
I can't leave my twins with my husband for an hour without going over a huge checklist of information about their routines and their needs. Cue more resentment. It's hard to separate my feelings about the situation from my feelings about my husband. I can see why many relationships dissolve as a result of raising children. Without communicating these feelings, it's easy to have them fester. I love that message and it's a great one to end on because it's so important for people to have these conversations with their partner. And I totally agree with what she's saying. I think, you know, we start to resent our partners when we could just have these difficult conversations and move forward with a plan to try and help resolve the issue. And I think a lot of times we just assume that our partner doesn't care or they don't want to help and that's really not the case in many situations. Um, I think you'd be surprised if you just open up and have these conversations and let them know how you're feeling and why you feel that way. Something that's really helped for me is making a plan. So you know if my husband's going to be home all weekend I like to kind of have a plan in place so that we know we're going to take Milo to the park. I'm going to record a podcast at this time. And then my husband, you know, can say something that he wants to do, like wash the cars. And then it kind of sets us up for getting things done that we both want to do as a family, but also on our own. And I find if we don't make a plan, then the days just kind of pass us by and then it's Monday and it's like, what the hell did we do all weekend? Like what a shitty weekend. So highly recommend having a chat with your partner about things you'd like to do as a family and also things that you would like to do on your own before the weekend comes. If you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. I hope you guys are having an awesome day and as per usual, I really hope your children sleep tonight. Are you looking for a podcast that'll make you laugh? You came to the wrong place. That's not us. That's not us. Well, it is. We are a husband and wife who chat about raw, real relationship topics. Yeah, like sex. Like money. Like marriage and kids. But we're not afraid to talk about how your newborn baby probably isn't as cute as you think it is. If you're in need of entertainment while you're driving to work, because that sucks, we can join you in the suckage, kind of like being in your ear. Not physically. So if you want to laugh, come check us out. Come check us out. Brought to you by the Laughing Couple Podcast. (laughs) Ha ha ha.